Welcome to the Doc G Show, a radio show cluster. F- Without further ado, critics have said he has the face for radio and a voice for silent films. Your host, Ben Doc G Gordon. And we are on the air. Welcome to the Doc G Show. I'm your host, Doc G. With me is a man who has told far too many people in far too many cities that me and him may or may not be in a romantic relationship. What? Demarcus Heller. What up, Doc? You already know what it is. Your boy's in the house. That's true. You are in the house, (laughs) and you have told several people that we may or may not be in a romantic relationship. It's happened, folks. Wait, what? And people... You know, know, they believed it. I don't know. I I, I guess we can sell it, Demarcus. I guess we can sell it. I don't know. Hey, you know, it's... For some reason, the ladies love it, though. It's just something about... (laughs) The, the approach because it takes the ease up off them okay. a little bit because they're thinking that you're coming to them to ask for their number or ask them out okay. and you're like oh no this is my my boyfriend right okay. here okay their whole facial reaction just changed and then and then <laughs> then after you know a couple hours you're like oh by the way I'm not gay. <laughs> what? That was it's just a lie. Right. Don't worry about that. Let's move on. Anyways, huh? I got it. I got well, Demarcus. The listeners love you. You. That's a fact. Hey. You're a Doc G sensation. Um. Hey. From what can I say? From Vanuatu to Italy to Canada, mm-hmm. the folks are wanting more. Yes. You know. Hey. So we got to give the people what they want. Yes. Yes. So since you're becoming part of the show, I thought it'd be a good time. I thought mm-hmm. it'd be a good time to give you a little history quiz on the Doc G show. Say what? All right. Thought I'd give you a little bit of background. Now, full disclosure to Marcus, I fully expect you not to know the answer to any of these questions. Nope. But. Okay. And, and I feel like even like the diehard listeners only pay attention like 20% of the time of what is actually said on the show. So like, <laughs> I don't expect anybody to get these, but you know, I thought it'd be good for all of us just to right, get right. a little bit about the show. So first, let's get a little warm up question. First warm up yeah. question here. What episode are we on right now? What? How many episodes of the Doc G show have we done mm. in total? Oh man, that's a that's a good one. Yeah. In total, I would say we are on episode uh, one forty. Two eleven. Two eleven. Oh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we gotten around. We've done a couple of years, wow. Demarcus. We've done a couple yeah. of years. I know our listeners the don't show, show it. Is putting but up numbers. We put up we put up numbers for episodes, not for listeners. But <laughs> episodes, yes. Girl, come on. Uh, okay, the show was not originally called the Doc G Show. What was the original hmm. name of the show? Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. Hmm. It was bad. Like I'll tell you that. This. It was bad. It wasn't good. It was an alliteration. It was 
Funky okay. grooves and fitness. Funky grooves. Funky. Uh, I, think I actually do kind of remember that. That's yeah. Right. Well, I realized quick that we did not play enough funky grooves, and I did not want to talk mm. about just fitness for an hour and a half, so we changed that. <laughs> so that's what, you know, that's, uh, I said, you know what? No, I want to talk about whatever I want to talk about, which is usually nonsense right. for an hour and a half. So there you true, go. True. But. <laughs> a lot of people sometimes ask, where does your phrase mother funker come from? That's where it comes from. The funky grooves. Mm. That's where it comes the from. The funky grooves. Yeah. Funky grooves, man. Now, this one, I think you can actually get this one. This one I think you okay. can get. Uh, who created the Doc G Show logo? Hmm. Ah, uh, that's a no-brainer. Mm -hmm. Shout out to my boy, Garrison. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Garrison Giz. Yes. He's the man behind the logo there it is. all day, every day. There it is. Yes. He's got one for three, folks. <laughs> one for three. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> and make sure you tag him on this on this episode of course, right here. Of course. He will, uh, no doubt, be <laughs> tagged. Now, this one, uh, you'll definitely uh, not get this Wait, one. Wait, what? But uh, I'm still okay. going to ask. On April 17th, uh, 2019 okay. to July 10th, right. 2019, I had a segment revolving around a former president from the 1800s. What president was that around? Hmm. From the 1800s? The 1800s. Yes, I had a segment that revolved completely around this president. Well, it started because of this president. I wouldn't say it revolved around him. Hmm. Huh. Man. Just, uh, just take a stab. Just take a stab. I don't want to say Lincoln because it's so cliche. Yeah, you can say Lincoln. Uh, That's, I mean, you know. It's not right, <laughs> but you can say Lincoln, you know. Uh, <laughs> All right, I'm going to go with Lincoln. Okay, that's not right. But Millard <laughs> Fillmore. Millard, Millard Fillmore. Fillmore. And the reason we had one was because I started thinking, who is named Millard? Are there actually any Millards still around? And yes, Demarcus, there are. Hmm. And I would highlight every week in a segment called Millard Still Exists. So true. Different Millards around the country. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Millard. Yeah, Millard, man. Millard's probably listening to an episode right now. Millie, Maybe this episode. Millie's the real Dilly. Don't get it wrong. He is. <laughs> he is. They all are. They all are. I think there's... I think if, you're, if, if your name is Millard, make sure that you go on .g's uh, Instagram mm -hmm. and comment yeah. that you're listening to this episode right now. Give us a comment. Shout out to Miller. Give us a, it doesn't yeah. matter on which uh, which post. You can choose any post you want. Just be like Millard was right. in here. That's all you got to put. <laughs> Just put that. Um, anyways. Anyways. Uh, okay. Next question. Which guest of the Doc G show challenged Justin Timberlake to a game of one-on-one -on -one when they were on tour together? Hmm. Man. Mm. Whew. Yeah. Justin Timberlake? Yeah. That's right. Oh, man. Snoop Dogg. <laughs> I wish. If we could get if we could get the dog father in, that would be fantastic. But no, Common Kings, the Common Kings were on tour with Justin Timberlake, and they challenged him to basketball game. That was it. 
That was Damn. it, man. Yeah. That's pretty dope. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Now, which guest of the show was homeless in Nashville for 10 years before coming a superstar in Sweden? A number one hit maker in Sweden. Hmm. Uh, man. Yeah. That's a tough one, dude. Yeah, I'm going to give you... I'm, I'm going to have to go... Oh, oh go ahead. I'm going to give you two options. We're going to do these from two options now. Was that okay. uh, the Sheepdogs or was that Doug Seegers? Hmm. For some reason, Doug is sticking out. Boom. It's Doug. Yes. On the 50-50. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you got it. It is Doug Seegers, nice. man. He was homeless. He was he was a he was a bit of an alcoholic, uh, and you know what? Cleaned up his act, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, he's at a food bank, and this lady right. from uh, this lady from Sweden comes over and is like, "Hey, let me hear if you got a song to play." Plays her song, boom! All of a sudden, he's famous in Sweden. Huh? It's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Crazy story, man. Dope. All right, here we go. Which guest of the Doc G Show has the most Grammys? Who has won the most Grammys? I will give you some options here. We have Steel Pulse. We have Def Leppard. We have John Paul Hmm. White. And we have Keb Moe. Who has won the most Grammys? Hmm. Man. I'm going to have to go with uh, Steel. Steel Pulse, they have won, I think, two Grammys. I know they've won one. I don't know if they've won two. But the most Then it must be Death Leopard. Keb Moe. Keb Moe has won five Grammys. Five. Five Grammys. Insane, and he was on our show. That must have been a real downer for him. It's crazy. (laughs) I got to go to this show? I've won five Grammys. What? Come on. Now... Uh, which guest of the show right now, if you go on Spotify and look up all the guests of the show, which one would have the most listeners on Spotify? Most monthly listeners. I'll give you, I'll give you a couple options here. Jordan Davis, uh, grandson, Def Leppard. Collective Soul. Hmm. Who has the most listens currently? Monthly listeners right now if you went on Spotify. Hmm. I mean, I still listen to Collective Soul, mm-hmm. but I'm going to have to go with Death Leopard. Okay. All right. Well, Grandson. Grandson has oh, more man. listeners than Def Leopard. He's got 6,596,000 mm. monthly listeners right now on Spotify. Jeez. Killing the game. Yeah. Killing the game, man. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. All right. Uh, I have uh, I have done the broccoli challenge on the show, eating 500 right. grams right. of raw broccoli twice. Twice. <laughs> What's my fastest time for the broccoli challenge? Hmm. Um... I feel like it was in like maybe 18 minutes. Mm, close, close. 21 minutes. 21 ah. minutes. Okay. Final minutes. Final question, Demarcus. Here we go. Final question on the okay. quiz. I stated back on December 28, 2018, the specific purpose of this show. 
What was that purpose? Hmm. Uh, the the specific purpose of the show? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What was the sh- What was the purpose? Uh, I I would have to go with uh to talk about stuff that doesn't make sense. Yes. To waste about an hour and a half to two hours of everyone's life that's involved with the show. You got it. You got it. Are you ready to fulfill that purpose nice. right now, Demarcus? Man, Doc, it is my honor Woo. Woo. to fulfill oh. this purpose. Let's get it. Let's fire it up. <laughs> Let's fire it up, baby. All three engines up and burning. Two, one. Zero and lift off. Uh, Demarcus, we have a tremendous, and I mean tremendous, show. I'm very excited about this guest we have. We have the fantastic group Mob Rich on the show. These fellas, my goodness, fantastic mm-hmm. time with these guys, Maxwell and Connor. And you know, I I just brought up grandson. These guys, these yeah. guys are friends with grandson. They hang with him all the time. They've actually got a song with him together these guys hmm. uh they're getting more and more popular uh mob rich is going to be right up there with grandson here in just a few weeks give him time that's right uh, nice. it's gonna it, th- this interview is going to be fun these two guys they're they're just a good time to be around but uh first mm-hmm. we need to start where we start birthday suit for sure for sure happy birthday mr president Okay, Demarcus, this one here, uh, I'm pretty confident on. Um, I, I'm actually, I'll say I'm really confident on. It's 95. percent Say what? So, oh man, shooting for the stars here. I, I mean, I'm pretty confident. If you don't get this <laughs> one, I'll be very surprised. Uh, oh man. Born on February 25th, uh, 1950. I just hold on. Hold on. Did I just write down the wrong date? Did I look up the wrong date for these? No, I just said February 25th, and I realized it's I, February 24th I, today. Um, I <laughs> hold on just a second. Let me, let me, I gotta, Blam. we gotta, we gotta look something up. Okay, no, no, no. I'm just dumb, and I wrote down 25th for some weird reason. Okay. <laughs> That's a fact. February 24th, 1955, <laughs> in San Francisco, California. He was adopted by his parents, Paul and Clara, and he ended up living in Mountain View, California. Our birthday suit wearer was very smart, but acted out in school because he was bored. In high school, he was deeply interested in two subjects, electronics and literature. Hmm. Our birthday suit wearer decided to go to Reed's College in Oregon, but he dropped out after only a semester. In 1974, he took a job at Atari, He created a circuit board for a video game called Breakout. A birthday suit wearer often worked with his friend Steve Wozniak, Hmm. who did a lot of the actual programming on the electronics. In 1976, Wozniak finished the design for a computer and showed it to our birthday suit wearer, who offered to sell it. In April, Wozniak, Ronald Wayne, and our birthday suit wearer founded Apple Computer Company. Steve Jobs. In- Steve Jobs is correct. Nice. Yes, indeed. Sadly, Steve obviously passed away in 2011. Complications mm-hmm. to pancreatic cancer. But, uh, mm-hmm. of course, he did found Apple, uh, Apple. Uh, in April mm-hmm. 1977, they introduced the Apple II. 
It was the first uh, consumer uh, computer sold by Apple. Then 1981, they released the Macintosh. Sweet. In 1985, our birthday suit wearer resigned from Apple, which I don't think a lot of people remember. Nope. He was gone hmm. from Apple for like 12 years. He actually right. started this other computer company called Next. And then Apple bought Next in 1996. And he sort of hmm. finagled his way up to becoming the official CEO again. And then mm. that's when he really got bananas. So true. Then, you know, that's when he started going out all with his crazy ideas and putting out there, hey, we should make a music uh, uh, maker, an iPod. We should make an iPhone. Uh, right. 2003, he was diagnosed with that pancreatic cancer. Didn't really tell anybody. Uh, and one of those big downfalls was he, he, he relied on a bunch of uh, sort of crazy alternative medicine instead of just trying to get surgery on it. Um, right, right. But then eventually he did get the surgery, but the cancer came back in 2006. He didn't tell anybody. In 2009, he underwent a liver transplant. And then, sadly, 2011, uh, he uh, he passed away. But Steve Jobs, living, uh, let's see, died at the age of uh, only 56. Only 56. Mm. Fairly, fairly young, you know. But uh, yeah. uh, you, you know, the crazy part is, was he was he was a visionary in some ways, but he wasn't like the actual brains behind the engineering. You know, right, he right. had the idea of like the the iPhone, but like all the actual stuff in the iPhone, he didn't do any of that. He was just like, "Hey, I got an idea for a phone that you can that's a a touch screen and it's like got an uh, you know operating system on it." And then he was like, "Hey right. guys, figure that out. Wait, do it." What? <laughs> and you know, eventually they figured it out, man. They need another yeah. guy like that because I got to be honest. No offense to Tim Cook, but he's not really doing the innovations there right now. They're not getting the. Yeah. They've been a little stagnant on the innovations, you know. Um, that that's Can't what that's what that. that's what Steve brought to the table, man. That's what he did. Yeah. Uh, and he yeah. might have ruined society a little bit with the iPhone. I'm not gonna lie. What? But you know. <laughs> It was still pretty good. Nonetheless, happy birthday to Steve Jobs. Uh, would have been, let's see, would have been 66 today. Uh, would have been mm. 66th birthday for him. Uh, nice. DeMarcus, are you ready? Rip some headlines? Let's do it. Let's rip those headlines. It's now time for Rip from the Headlines. Okay, uh, DeMarcus, uh, there have been a lot of complaints about the police over the last several months, and rightly so, you know? Um, right, right. Been a lot of things to complain about, but mm -hmm. I will say, if you're going to complain about the police, don't do what Chad and Ethan did in this story. Word. Okay? Oh, gosh. So, what did they do? So this, this weekend, Chad and Ethan showed up to a police station outside of Pittsburgh, and they started complaining about the police. Uh, about an incident that had occurred earlier that day with the cops. And they were really upset about whatever went down with these cops earlier in the day. Now, as they were complaining, they got a little bit more and more animated, you know? Started throwing things around, getting a little angry. Um, now, this probably would have been okay hmm. had it not been that they were 19 and 20 and they were completely drunk. Mm. And they had driven 
to the police station. Jeez. Mm. Yeah. Wow. That's yeah. Pretty, pretty smart of them. So obviously the cops noticed this. They charged him with underage drinking and disorderly conduct. But you know, this is one of those situations, Marcus. If you're going to be Ethan and Chad. Really want to make sure you're bulletproof before you head down to the station, you know? <laughs> right. Don't want to really start throwing stones when you're drunk. That's a fact. It's not probably exactly. the best idea. That's like that's like a dude getting in a fight with his girlfriend about like never helping cleaning up the apartment. And then in the right. middle of the fight, the girl he's having sex with on the side shows up at the door and he's like, Yeah. Wait, what? So you still don't clean up the apartment. Uh, doesn't really right. have the same effect, you know? Doesn't, doesn't work out. Um, speaking <laughs> of drinking, too many, DeMarcus. Right, right. What's the cutoff for DUIs? Do you know the cutoff? The standard? Uh, you, you mean like... Uh, blood alcohol the, level. Oh, the blood alcohol level? Is yeah. It point, uh, is it point seven? Cl- well, it, it, it point zero eight. Um, yeah, point zero eight. I don't know why I was thinking point seven. Depends on depends on the state. Uh, I think there's yeah. a couple that have lo- uh, lower that's like point zero seven. But um, a dude in Oregon passed yeah. that by a smidge this weekend. Passed it by a smidge. Mm. So police put out a call for a suspected hit and run, and they found mm. the suspected car that was involved in the hit and run on uh, Highway 26. And Officer Ron Gregory pulled the man over. Uh, The police officer uh, smelled alcohol and noticed several alcohol beverages strewn about the car. And the police officer asked the man to get out of the car, but instead uh, he turned on the car and drove off. Um, But sadly, because he was slightly inebriated, uh, he made it about a half a mile down the road before he wrecked. Um, and when he wrecked, they took his blood alcohol level, and it was .77. Jeez. Oh, wow. Almost 10 <laughs> times the legal limit. Wow. 10 times. Yeah, I mean... Yeah. They didn't have it listed, but that's got to be some kind of record. Like, <laughs> I like. I mean, it's not a good record, but that's got to be some kind of record. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty positive at the time of the rest, his blood could have legally been used as a mixed drink for vampires. <laughs> like, I'm pretty positive yeah. that would have worked. And like... <laughs> And with blood alcohol level of 0.77, there's no saying like, oh, you know what? I thought I was under I thought I was under the legal limit. Like you can't you can't say that. It, it's right. not like you can say, you know what? Like I only had 43 Bud Lights. I thought I was fine to drive. Like there's no <laughs> way 0.77 is going to fly, man. That is just bad. It's bad. Yeah. Um Got to get those drunk drivers off the street, Demarcus. Got to get them off. <laughs> so true, Demarcus. Have you ever been somewhere that was evacuated because of a bomb threat? Actually, yes, I have. Yeah, what? I have. Now, I did. I I had to be evacuated at the gym in South Carolina. Where were hmm. you evacuated? Hmm. Uh, so I was working in management. 
I can't name the company, but yeah, um, for this yeah, that's cool. big, well-known yeah. company. Uh-huh. Um, and I, I had terminated an employee. And mm-hmm. um, basically, he took it amongst himself to call in for um, a bomb threat, saying that he was mm. going to blow up the place. So Now, was this... Did they see? Did they follow? I'm obviously they didn't follow it through. This actually seems like a serious deal. Um, I remember at South Carolina we had a bomb threat, and it turned out that somebody just left a book bag beside the door. Wait, what? They're just like, oh, Ooh. you know what? Uh, you know what? We just evacuated everybody for a book bag. Oh, Our bad. <laughs> okay, we're good. But uh, and I've mentioned this on the show before, but I specifically remember one of the things that I loved about this is we had a mm. protocol. We had a bomb threat protocol in the gym. And Ooh. on the protocol, one of the steps was take note of any background noises. Mm. And under potential background noises, it had farm animal noises. Word. <laughs> that really? was one of the options. Girl, come on. But like... Can you tell us about the bomb threat? Well, uh, the guy had a deep, gravelly voice. He enunciated <laughs> well, and there were a couple of goats in the background. Like, what? When? Like, who thinks of that? <laughs> and why would that be need to be an option? Like, would they seriously right. need to prompt you with a question to bring that up to the police? Like, so, you talked to the bomber. Uh, did you notice anything abnormal about the call? Mm. His voice? Anything in the background? No, voice was pretty sh- normal. You sure? Were there any farm animal noises? Oh, yeah. Yeah, there were some goats. Totally forgot to mention that because <laughs> I often get phone calls with goats in the background. So, right. like, anyways, I, I just, I'd never have been able to get over that question, Demarcus. I've always, yeah. I always think, anyways... The reason I bring this up is because the next story has a bomb threat, and it actually has animals, too. Word. So, last wow. Thursday in Butler County, Ohio, the police were called to a potential bomb threat at a church. Hmm. Hmm. Now, when the bomb squad arrived, they approached what looked to be a gym bag. Looked like it was a gym bag. And they eventually right. opened it up and defined it wasn't a bomb... But in fact, somebody had dropped off a mama cat who was giving birth to six kittens. What? Yeah. Yeah. They also found That's a so note. Strange. They found on a note written on, on a on a paper napkin that quote sprinkles went into labor the day before. Huh? What? Yeah. Yeah. So don't worry, listeners. The bomb squad then took the bag to the Animal Friends Humane Society, and Sprinkles is doing all right. Uh, couple things here, Demarcus. First, mm-hmm. who was at the church thinking this bag was a bomb? <laughs> like, had to be some old lady. That's a fact. I'm pretty sure you rule out bomb once you hear the bag meow. Like. <laughs> And there's not that right. many bombs out there meowing. I'm just going to say. Okay. This is a true story. So true. Yeah, this is a true story. <laughs> second. Second. Who's the <laughs> leaving Sprinkles in her time of need? I'm just saying. Like, right. Sprinkles is out here shooting six kids out of her womb in an effing bag. <laughs> and the, pe- the person just leaves her on the street? 
Like, right. And the best you could do was at a church. She doesn't need your prayers. She needs a doctor. Amen. At least drive her off at the vet. Come on. My question like, is, where's Sprinkle? Where the baby daddy at? Yeah. Just left left the scene. Just left the scene, man. Huh. When in man. in her time of need. That's Dang. typical. Typical. Oh man. Oh. Hard well. Times. Sprinkles is doing good. She's a tabby cat. So if anybody's in Ohio looking for a cat, you go get one of Sprinkles' kids. Uh, be a nice, nice addition to your family. Um, That's a fact. Demarcus, this next story went down Wednesday, right down the road from us in Lake City, Florida. Um, D, I've never studied the essential manual for burglarizing homes. Nope. But I feel like somewhere in there, there's two main themes of the textbook. Uh, those two main themes would be leave as few clues as possible and be as quick as possible. I feel like that would be two things, you know? Right, right. Uh, the guy in this story, Jay, he didn't follow the second theme. Uh, not at Dang, all. Jay. So, so Jay <laughs> broke into a home on uh, Southwest Quail Heights Terrace. He kicked in the door. He took several items, put them into a bag, and then apparently he found some clothes that he liked uh, in the house, and he just put them on. Huh? So he just put on the clothes that he found in the house. Then, instead of making a fast exit, he put the bag beside the door and then just laid down on the couch and started watching TV. What? What? Dude, what were you thinking? Yeah, just started channel surfing. And around 7 p.m., the homeowners came in, saw Jay on the couch, called the cops. Like <laughs> Jay was straight chilling. That's a fact. Just didn't even notice they had walked in. He was so engrossed in his program that he was watching. <laughs> he was probably now, saying, shh, y'all be quiet, be quiet. It's the good was, part. <laughs> like, I, like, one thing, how ironic would it be if he was watching Cops when he was arrested? <laughs> like, here he is live on TV. How, is that me? Himself. Oh, oh no, oh, oh, I gotta go, get out of here. Like, and then, also, I will say, like, I can't see what would be entertaining enough to stop me in the middle of a serious crime that I'd be like, oh, wait a second. What, what was right. that? Was that a rerun of Cheers? Yes! <laughs> oh my god, I haven't seen this in a long time. Like, what could oh, be man. on that TV that would stop you? Now, I can't say anything on TV, but since it was 7 p.m. on a Wednesday, if we were talking Ooh. radio and he got sidetracked by listening to the Doc G show, totally understandable. I'd get uh, that. Most definitely. I'm the, be understandable. Jay, if you want to listen to some Doc G show in in jail, feel free, man. Mm -hmm. it, feel free. Just tune, tune right in. Tune, tune right, right in. You in. got time. You got time. Oh, yeah. Uh, Demarcus, um, let's see here. I got I got time for uh, I got time for uh, a story or two. Let's go with two here. Sweet. Demarcus, I'm all about the vaccination effort. You know? Mm -hmm. I'm I'm looking to get this virus down to zero. Um, right, right. Now, some smaller countries uh, are a little further along in the process than us, like Israel, you know? Mm -hmm. Israel, they, they've been getting it done over there. Mm. Now, right. but they've noticed that their vaccination rate has slowed over the past few weeks, slowed down considerably. Mm. 
and they've mm-hmm. noticed it specifically slow down with younger people in the country. Seems mm. like many young folks in Tel Aviv, they're just not up for getting vaccinated, you know? Huh. But uh, mm. don't worry, Demarcus, they've got a plan. Mm. Now, now, Tel Aviv's municipality is trying out this plan. They've set up a vaccination point at the Jania Bar. Wait, what? Huh. Yeah. So they're offering the vaccine right beside, literally right beside the bar stools of the Jania Bar. And apparently, if you get the vaccine, which is free, mm-hmm. you also get a free soft drink at the bar. <laughs> a free soft drink. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's definitely going to get them. So em. true. That's their plan, Demarcus. A free be a soft drink. <laughs> now... <laughs> As as I already stated to Marcus, I'm ready to get the vaccine now. There's no, you don't have to convince me with the soft drink. But do they really think for folks that don't want to get a vaccine, that will convince them? Like, who's that for, Demarcus? Who's gonna be like, there's no way in I'm getting a vaccine. Oh, okay, but they're giving out free Dr Pepper down the street. What? Right. All right, well, that's a, that's a pretty good deal, so I guess I'll go yeah. for it. Like, who's that? Right. Yeah. Who is that? Because, like, if that's, the, if, that's, if that's what gets people off of a difficult, touchy subject is a free soft mm-hmm. drink, we should probably try that more often. What are your right. views on abortion? <laughs> oh, really? Here's a Coke. What do you think now? Yeah. Like, <laughs> what? It's crazy right. talk. Crazy, Demarcus. Um... <laughs> I think I I, uh, I have pretty well l- uh, um, let my views be known on this show that I'm not a huge fan of active volcanoes. So true. You know? I, I got to be honest, Demarcus. Giant holes in the earth that shoot fire out, they tend to freak me out. I'm just going to say that. Um, yeah. That's a fact. With that That's in mind, pretty Demarcus. pretty scary, man. They are. They're very scary. Um yeah. Uh, with that in mind, I probably shouldn't go to Sicily right now. Apparently, yeah, what's going on in Sicily? Well, apparently in Sicily, Mount Etna is uh, erupting. Jeez. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So and uh, rough. even though the volcano was showering ash down on the houses in the Ooh. surrounding area, Stefano Bronco head of the National Institute of Geophysics and Volcanology, uh, said about the latest burst of Mount Etna, yeah, it's not at all worrying. Word. Adding, we've seen worse. Hmm. Which, I feel like with that last comment, she's just trying to taunt the volcano, Demarcus. Like, I just get a sneaking suspicion that that's what somebody said in Pompeii Right before the day that Mount Vesuvius annihilated their city. Like, <laughs> nah, I've seen yeah. worse. Next day, hey, Jeff, thanks for saying that, dad. <laughs> you just destroyed our whole city, man. Just Great. feel like, why, why tempt it, huh? Why tempt <laughs> it, you know? Just lay off, Stefano. Just saying. <laughs> Come on now. Uh, I, all I right. Will, I got to say, he has a really cool title. 
to his job description or job title, I should say. Well, I mean, you know, you might not even have to tell anybody uh, that you're in a romantic relationship with a dude if you're working at the National Institute for Geophysics and Volcanology. <laughs> you know, I'm right. just saying. It's a pretty good title. Uh, he made DeMarcus, holes, he Wait, what? Yes. Yes. <laughs> DeMarcus, we're going to take a break. We are going to hear from our guest today none other than mob rich right here on the doc g show solid And we are back here on the Doc G Show. Spinnaker Radio, WSKRLP 95.5 FM in Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, listeners of the radio show, right now, if you're thinking to yourself, you know what? I'd like to hear more of this show. Well, guess what? You can. Word. You can go to all kinds of different podcast platforms. I just added two today. Jeez. Podbean and Breaker. You can go to either one of those podcast platforms and search the Doc G Show, and guess what? It will come up. That's a fact. And you can listen to us, and you can love it. And you can share it with your friends. And then you can go on the Doc G Show Instagram page and let us know how much you enjoyed the show. You can do that. And you can be like, you know what? I knew less about the Doc G Show than DeMarcus did in the quiz that you guys started the show with. But now, <laughs> now I know it all. And guess what? I love it all. That's what you can tell us. You can put all of that in a comment. And guess what? I'll respond. I will. I'll do that. <laughs> that, that will happen. So please, listeners, do all of those things for us. Follow us on Instagram. Mm -hmm. Check out the podcast. Give us five stars, and you will make our day. That's all I ask. That's all I ask. I don't ask for any, any money, anything else. I'm just asking for your love, guys. Just for your love. That's it. DeMarcus, it's time for a little right, bit of some right. shout-outs here. A little bit of shout-outs. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Shout now, out. Uh, DeMarcus is going to switch it up again. We're not going to do internationals this time. Of course, we love our international listeners, but I'm going to do some do right. some domestic shout-outs here. We're going to get a couple domestics okay. in. What we got? First on the for list. Sure, sure. These are newcomers, at least from what I mm -hmm. can remember. I don't think I remember seeing any of these before. If I'm wrong, guys, from these places, let me know. Let me know I'm wrong. Uh, first on the list, Woodland Hills, California. Woodland Hills. Oh. Yeah. Shout out. Northwest shout out. of L.A. It's pretty close to L.A. It's northwest. I mean, it's yeah, definitely I say, uh, it's definitely what you would consider a suburb. Suburb of L.A. Mm. Um, okay. Next on the list, Champlin, Minnesota. Champlin, Minnesota. Shout out. Minnesota. Yeah. North, shout out. north side of Minnesota. It's uh, or, or sorry, north side of Minneapolis. Uh, it's, it's. I was about to say. Yeah, y yeah. It's north side of his own state, huh? Well, I mean, I guess you could say it's still the. Nah, it's not that far up. It's not far enough up to be oh, the yeah. north side. It's, but it definitely is the north side of Minneapolis. That's for sure. Okay. Um, all Don't right, you. Gainesville, Georgia. That's right. Shout out. Oh. Yeah. Shout out. Yeah. Now, I don't know if this was him listening, because there were several listens in Gainesville, Georgia, but it could be our man, El Jefe May. Jeff May. El Jefe. Yeah, El Jefe May, the Jeff. 
the Jeff, the What's Jeff May, on? man. He is he is up in uh, Georgia doing some physical therapy school. But El Jefe, nice. El Jefe has guest uh, guest hosted the show a couple of times, and let me tell you. I'm a big fan. Nice. I'm a big fan. The okay. listeners are a big fan. El Jefe does it upright. Mm-hmm. Shout out to El Jefe. Shout out. Huh? Big shout out. Big shout out. Uh, okay, next one. Patterson, California. Patterson. Okay. Yeah, it's about 40 miles shout out, Cali. inland shout out. of San Jose. So it's sort of northern Cali, you know? NorCal. Ooh. And sort of inland Cal. So that's... Uh, it's a unique, unique word. Okay, then we got uh, Belgrade, uh, Belgrade, Montana. Belgrade. Oh, oh yeah. Montana. Real Shout close out. to Bozeman. Real close to Bozeman. You know what? Hmm. This could be Shannon B. If it's Shannon B, shout out. Shout out, Shannon B. Big shout out, Shannon. Even if it's Represent not. Represent the big USC. Even if it's not, still shout out to Shannon, you know? I've- Whatever. I feel like it's Shannon, Doc. Okay. Shannon, if it's you, you gotta you gotta Let us comment know. On, again, yeah. On Insta. Exactly. Let us, know. Let us know. She probably didn't make it this far in the show. She listened to like five minutes. <laughs> like, this is boring as <laughs> I'm gonna go listen to something else. <laughs> uh okay. Next one on the list. Chandler, Arizona. Southeast side okay. of Phoenix. Southeast side of Phoenix. We get a solid amount of listens from Phoenix, but you know, I, I'd never seen mm-hmm. Chandler by itself, so shout out to Chandler. Shout out. Big shout out. Big shout out. Uh, next one on the list, back to California, Redondo Beach. Redondo. Shout out. Yeah, just west of Compton, man. Just west of Compton. Uh, shout out. Kelly really represented. Shout out to Compton, because that's where Kev Moe's from, too. Kev Moe's originally from mm. Compton. Uh, you know, he was from Compton before... Before all the gang activity, before before the seventies right, right. and the eighties, uh, he mm-hmm. he was he was there when it was just a lovely place to live, and that's what he still sees it as. He sees it as a lovely place to live. So true. <laughs> Anyways, last shout out. Here we go. Westerly, Westerly, Rhode Island. There it is. Wow, big shout out, Rhode Island. Yeah, shout very out. very bottom southwest corner of Rhode Island. It's right beside Connecticut. Right across the way from nice. Long Island, and uh, mm. got us. You know, I looked up food in in uh, Westerly because that's what I do. I just look up food. So true. Um, they got a pretty solid amount of Thai places in Westerly. Bunch of Thai mm. places, but I, I'll tell you, if I'm going to a Westerly, I'm hitting up Lamiro's Pizza. Yes. That's where I'm heading up. Mm, that sounds good. You know me. You know me, Demarcus. I love a pizza. That's right. I don't think this man can eat some pie. I don't think there's any time that me and you have hung out in the last like three years that we've got food that we didn't get pizza. Nope. I'm pretty sure. Right. Every time it's oh, been absolutely. pizza because I love pizza. I mean, Paisanos. Uh, let's see, Carmines. Uh, we just get we get pies, man. We get pies. That's a fact. We oh, get yes. it. Anyways, oh, yeah. shout out to all the newcomers. Thank you for listening, guys. Keep it listening. Uh, Shannon B, you too. If it's you, keep it up. Uh, okay, I got one leftover story, Demarcus. Uh, it's another. Uh, it's another record here. It's a record, Demarcus. The record for world's most expensive sheepdog mm. was broken this past week. Most expensive oh, yeah? sheepdog. 
Kim the Border Collie was auctioned Ooh. online by Farmers Marts in Wales. How much do Ooh. you think Kim cost? Kim the Sheepdog. Hmm. Kim the Sheepdog. Mm-hmm. I have to go with uh, 3.8 mil. Oh, see, you really overshot this one. The, the, the pigeon made you think this one was going to be way more expensive than it was. Uh, Kim oh, yeah. <laughs> is only $38,893. Yeah. Man. Which is still really expensive, wow. though. Let's be honest. I mean, yeah, it's an expensive dog. That's a fact. But don't worry, Demarcus. Dewey Jenkins, the farmer and competitive mm-hmm. sheepdog trainer who raised Kim the Border Collie, said even though Kim is one year old, she already has the intelligence of a three-year-old sheepdog. Hmm. Nice. Which, as far as I know, is still pretty dumb. I don't. I don't know. I, <laughs> I don't know sheepdogs, but I'm gonna have to say it's not too smart, right? Like, mm, not worth forty no. grand. Am I right? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Dewey went on to say, though, Kim was doing everything. She was working with cattle and sheep, and she was ready for any trials or any farm work that anybody had for. Her. Hmm. Which I got to say, though, is somebody really doing farm work with this dog, DeMarcus? Like, (laughs) is that really what they bought this dog for? Like, first of all, what kind of millionaire (laughs) farmer is buying this dog? Second of all, no offense to the dog, but wouldn't a tractor just be a better investment? Like, (laughs) I mean, unless she's shearing these sheep and milking the cows, I don't think I'm going to be impressed by this dog's work with the cattle and sheep. Like, yeah, not going to be like, oh, my God, she round those sheep up? Yeah. No way. It's crazy. <laughs> like, no, it's $40,000. I can find a regular dog to do that. Come on. Yeah. French- that dog is worth almost one Bitcoin. <laughs> yeah. Like, a French bulldog I was telling you about before. I'll get him out there, put him in front of some cattle, right. get him to steer him around. That can happen. That's fine. <laughs> he didn't cost $40,000. Nope. It's a little ridiculous, man. Ridiculous. Okay. Here we go, DeMarcus. Second birthday suit. Are you ready? Hmm. Let's do it. This one's big time. 99%. Nice. Yeah. I'm pretty confident on this one. Born in Grand Rapids, (laughs) Michigan on February 24th, 1977. His father and uncles Jeff and Roger were all professional boxers. Jeez. Because of this, our birthday suit wearer never really thought of any other profession besides boxing. He started boxing at an amateur level, and in 1993, at the age of 16, he won the National Golden Gloves Championship. His amateur record was 84-8. and In 1996, our birthday suit wearer won his first professional fight at the Super Featherweight Division. In 19 19- Happy birthday, Floyd Mayweather. Yeah, Floyd it's Mayweather, Mayweather is correct. Money Mayweather. Let me run down this uh, this record of his. In 1998, our birthday suit wearer won his first title at Super Featherweight. 
He moved up to lightweight in early 2000 and became champion of that division. In 2004, he made the jump to light welterweight. In 2005, he fought uh, Arturo Gotti for the light welterweight championship. He won that. Our birthday suit wearer then moved up to the welterweight division. He then fought Oscar De La Hoya in 2007 and won the light middleweight title from him. He was supposed to fight Manny Pacquiao for three years, but it never happened. He ended up fighting Victor Ortiz in 2011, but then, finally, in 2015, he fought Manny Pacquiao and won. His professional record is 50 and oh. Jeez. He has held championships at five weight classes. Multiple sources That's consider crazy. him the best pound for pound fighter of all time. Floyd Money Mayweather. There it is. Yes. Big shout out Mayweather. Shout My out. goodness, man. Now, I mean, he gets a lot of slack for being a defensive fighter, but technically, mm. Mm. Technically, he is so sound. Yeah. So sound. He is. Impressive. So fast. Guy's impressive. So defensive. And you know, he works the media to a T, man. He is going to milk that money out of a fight all that he can. Oh, yeah. That's why he can carry around millions of dollars in a a duffel bag. That's what he can do, man. Shout out to Floyd turning the big 4-1. 41 for for money mayweather there it is all right we will be right back with none other than mob rich connor and maxwell right here on the doc g show What's up? This Rock Montana. This Mucho Yellow. And this Rockin' Yellow. And you're listening to Doc G Show from 803 to 904, the best show on the radio. You dig? This is 95.5 Spinnaker Radio. WSKRLPFM, UNF Jacksonville. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Today we are joined by Connor and Maxwell, better known as Mob Rich. Fellas, how's it going? We're well. Awesome. Now, you guys just changed your name. That's a fact. Uh, recently. It was a fair, fairly recent name. Now, it was it was Moby Rich before, and now it's it's mm-hmm. Mob Rich. Now, was, yes, sir. was the name originally was Moby Rich? I was thinking since Rich is... Also a nickname for Richard, just like Dick. Hmm. Was that how the name Moby Rich came, or am I completely off? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it came from just from the book Moby Dick, and um, like it kind of just started as a joke of just like what what the band name like at the time like what the band name hipsters would like. You know, <laughs> we were just like trying to come up with our the whole plan for the band was like to just start something that was weird and that like like us like like sorry we and our friends would uh like like something that we would listen to you know yeah and so we we're just like what's a what's a funny name we could do so it's just a play on that exactly Con- connor originally told it to me in a bar like we were at uh some event and he mentioned it to me and he was kind of saying it as a joke and i was like 
yeah, that's actually kind of cool. I, I don't <laughs> mind that. And it, it just took off from there. And then it became like this serious thing. It's obviously a play on the play on the book, but uh, yeah. we took it. We liked it a lot. Yeah. Well, now that it's, it's, yeah. it's mob rich, uh, when you were editing the name, did you, mm-hmm. did you come back to know Fumar? I know that was, Wait, that was an idea in the, in the past. <laughs> oh my gosh, man. That's, that's what right. I got. You're nardwiring us, man. Yeah. You're nardwiring us. Right <laughs> wow. You know what? We came up with so many uh, funny, ridiculous names when we were changing the name, and I don't think we came back to No Fumar, uh, funny <laughs> enough, but we we had a lot of really good names that ended up either being taken. I, I remember mm. one that we really liked was... Uh, uh, somebody's daughter. So mm. like if, they're, if we're on stage and someone asks us, and they're like, "That's somebody's daughter," you know. So <laughs> we had a lot of really good, really good one-liners. But at the end of the day, just because of where we are and and having you know the fan base that we do, and them not wanting to isolate them from you know kind of what we were before, we decided that just dropping the Y would be the best thing and kind of keeping the continuity. Nice. Yeah, and it, and it sounded cool. It sounded hard. We were like, okay, actually, that sounds actually. Uh, yeah. It's, it's not quite as quirky as Moby Rich, but it like it gets the job done. And then, and and in some ways, it became its own thing. Like finally, whereas like. You know, Moby Rich is a play on Moby Dick, so I had this whole, like, connotation to it. And then also, obviously, there was uh, questions about, like, connections to other artists, and now it's much more of its own thing, which we're totally stoked about. Nice. Well, I will say, you guys need to talk to YouTube and get something done with their algorithms, because you search Mob Rich right now, and there's a whole bunch of Mm -hmm. videos of being rich in the mafia. So uh, it's like, yeah, I, I had to dig. I was like, what? No, I don't want to know what a lawyer's doing in the mafia. I'm not oh. interested in that. That's not what I'm looking for here. So I'm just saying, so talk funny. to them, get it straightened out, and make sure yours are coming yeah, we'll up talk, first. We'll but if you, YouTube. <laughs> however, if you're listening now and you're looking to be a mob attorney, Mm. Google YouTube right now because yes. it will pop up for you. Exactly, exactly. It is it is a future career plan for me that I'm thinking about. I may do it. Right. I don't know. Well, you guys, you guys are both LA transplants. Uh, mm-hmm. right. Connor, you grew up in in Georgia, and actually, I saw is yep. Conyers, right? Yep. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, that's uh, right outside of Atlanta. Actually, the reason I asked was I had a friend. Uh, that lived there for a real good while. And uh, actually, I was thinking about when when I saw that and I was thinking about it, I made a connection to Maxwell as well. Mm. So one time I went to see my friend Mary, who lived in Conyers, and we ate at California Pizza uh, Pizza Kitchen. Oh, my God. You know, that might may be pointless to the listeners, but Maxwell used to work at California Pizza Kitchen. So that's, I just thought I would bring everybody together. Yeah, yeah. Well, oh, um, Connor, you, your dad was though. I heard he was a bit of a musician. Was he who got you into music? Was that how you started playing? Yeah, yeah. Maxwell and I both, both our dads used to play music, and, and my dad uh, grew up kind of in Athens. He was around a bit in the southeast, but he mm-hmm. mostly grew up in Athens, Georgia. You know, home of you know B B fifty twos, REM. Oh yeah, uh, so true. Like the Panic, stuff like that. And, mm-hmm. And it's pretty crazy. Like growing up, I honestly didn't really see him play live ever. He occasionally played, like it was around, 
but it was more just like folklore in the family more than it was like a more than it was like an institution or anything it was so by the time i even got interested it was because of a cousin of mine and then at that time my dad didn't even play really but he had a guitar in his room mm-hmm. so my brother and i went in there and stole the guitar and uh and thought we were playing uh we thought we were playing led zeppelin but it ended up that we were just playing like the intro a Metallica song, which was just all open string. Yeah, I forget that. Nothing else matters. Yeah, nothing else matters. That's it. That's yeah, it. Exactly. we were like, we were like, oh god, we're so good. Yeah, <laughs> you could. I did the same thing, man, because like you said, it's all open string. So you're like, yeah. Yeah, I'm right there with yeah. it. I can really play right you now. You want to make yourself feel good. <laughs> well, you actually you posted a picture of your dad on Instagram, and it was funny because people went bananas yeah. how much you look like him. Like, literally every single comment, there were like 25 comments like, oh, my God, it's you. <laughs> it is you. Like, you did have – he oh, has yeah. an amazing mustache, though. Yes! It's a very yeah, nice stash he's got. much nicer. <laughs> <laughs> Well, they you, both do, man. I can't grow a mustache for it to save my life. So I'm I think you could. Yeah. <laughs> Connor's trying. I think you could. You could do it, bro. Yeah. Try it. Just yeah. get in there. The mustache band. I think. Man. I think you can only have one mustache in the band, and otherwise, then it gets it gets a little creepy. You know? it's, it's sort of like Hall and Oats. Yeah, you gotta, exactly. you gotta let let Oats do it. That's his thing. He's the mustache guy, <laughs> and then Hall Hall will do other things. Yes! Now you went. You went to UGA and you studied music education. And I always like to ask this: yep. I, Were you thinking about becoming a music teacher, or was that just like a backup plan? Had you already decided, like, I want to be a musician? This is just till I yeah. get to be a musician. Yeah. So pretty much like music was always around me in school and in ways that were like associated with being a music teacher right so like uh drama or or chorus it was all like associated with education mm-hmm. so for me it was like a an obvious next step for me especially like living in a in a society where it's like you have to go to school you mm-hmm. have to get a degree to do these things mm-hmm. so after i you know graduated from high school i'm like well what the f- i'm gonna do so um, I just, I was like, you know, screw it. I, I feel like I'm the best at music. So why not try to become a music teacher? My mom was a teacher. My sister-in-law was a teacher. It just kind of made sense. But while I was at UGA, I knew this uh, professor, mm-hmm. Dr. Broughton was his name. Shout Incredible, out. like, opera singer. And yeah, shout out, Dr. Broughton. And uh, he was the first teacher, though, to sit me down. He was like, play me one of your songs, Connor. So I started playing on the piano. And that was terrible. But anyways, <laughs> I played it. And he could just... It wasn't like the quality that was like that made him ask this next question. It was it's more like he could tell tell that I was passionate about it. And he was yeah. like, Connor, why aren't you doing that? And I was like, Because you know, this is my fallback plan. Like I need to have this just in case. Yeah. He's like, Well, Connor, I'm gonna tell you now, if you give yourself a fallback plan, you're gonna fall back. Mm. And that was the first teacher that ever said that to me and it, it made me decide like pretty much like that week, maybe that month or whatever, that okay, I'm leaving college. I had like a year left, but I was like, screw it, I'm leaving. I want to do this full time and like really give it a, a, like a 100% shot. Nice. And I'm glad I did because yeah. here we are. Yeah. So true. Yeah, well, let's uh, let's let's leave it hanging there for a second. We'll go to the other half there yeah. of Mob Rich. Uh, Maxwell, you yeah. grew up in Indianapolis. 
And yes, sir. I've heard you talk about, uh, you know, sort of getting into music. And I I heard Dave Matthews coming up a lot as far as that guy that made you think, like, (laughs) I think I can jam like that, dude. I think I can. Was was he the first artist that sort of made you say, yeah, maybe I can do that? I think he was the first singer. Like, I I grew up, I mean, my dad was a musician and super into like Rush and Iron Maiden and Metallica and Mm -hmm. Nirvana. So I grew up listening to a lot of heavier stuff. And I, I, as a kid, like I loved playing guitar on all those songs. You know, I loved playing Metallica, and I loved like the intricacy and everything. But I never associated myself with like the singers from any of those bands. Like I never associated myself as like a Kurt Cobain. So yeah. I, I never really, I never really thought like oh, I could be a singer. And also, you know, just to be completely honest, I was so tone deaf as a child. Like <laughs> I did not have any natural ability at singing. So. When I heard like Dave Matthews, not just Dave, but like some of the more singer songwriter type individuals, whether mm-hmm. it be like Jack Johnson, mm-hmm. who, who none of them are like you, you don't associate them with the the most like technical singers of our time. They're not Sam Cooke. Yeah, like, no, no, totally. But they're great performers and they're great like storytellers. And so I think listening to them, I very slowly started to find my own voice and just try to mimic them. And I used to, I so much loved Dave Matthews as a child. Like, he was my idol. So I go and see him in concert all the time. And mm-hmm. it's such a Midwestern thing, too, to see Dave Matthews in concert. But um, <laughs> he just, like, he just showed me that, hey, you don't have to be the best singer to be a singer. And um, it just, like, it kind of changed my perspective on it all. And then, you know, as time went on, I got into other music and got into more things like Young Giant and Hippocampus and nice. some of the more newer age stuff that that's really influenced me now. But yeah. Tony Bear, I mean, all stuff like that. But uh, yeah, man, it, it was it was a turning point for me as a child to hear that. Yeah, well, I, I gotta I gotta say, Dave Matthews was sort of a, not even just a Midwestern thing. I think that was a country thing. Uh, you know the, the yeah, way I mean, he was doing back are, in the day. Oh know? man, his shows are experienced for sure. I mean, it's like it's like the jam bands for people who don't necessarily want to go see a jam band, but they like you know they like musicianship, but they also like a chorus. You know, yeah. Yeah. it's like it's like it's the mixture of those two things. And, and he, yeah, he's a great artist to learn from. Yeah, well, and you know, I, I being from Virginia, I'm originally from Virginia, and, and Dave is. And when when there was a homecoming yeah. concert, the, but it was bananas. Bananas. Charlottesville or Blacksburg sure. or any one of those. It was it was bananas. Yes! Well, I also heard you mentioned it. Your dad, uh, bigger into the the heavy bands. First concert, mm-hmm. Metallica. Say what? Nice. Oh yeah. Nice. Yeah, man. That they got they got that for I think it was my freshman year of high school, and they got um, me like sixth row tickets at an arena show. Mm. It was nuts, man. I mean, they go so hard. It's yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. Um. And just and they still do, which is so crazy. I mean, they they're not as young as they used to be, and, and even back then they weren't as young as they used to be. And they just go so nuts playing, and uh, For sure. you just forget how many incredible songs they have until you just see them live, and you're like, wow, what a, what a discography, and, and just like the amount of years and touring and experience they've had as musicians. Pretty oh crazy. yeah. Yeah, was that was that right after Saint Anger? Was that somewhere around there? I think it was actually it was like um, uh, Death Magnetic. I Ooh, believe. yeah, yeah. yeah. That yeah was, I think that was right around they released that album where they got their bearings back there, where it was uh, yeah less less uh, less uh, chaos going on in the band. Man, yeah, they are. I always I, I tell people that about Metallica. Like that's one of the things that impresses me the most about them is is how 
you know, focused they are on their their music. Like, I mean, how yeah. good of musicians they are, how much they still practice, how much Kurt and and James like are just one as far as the way they play. It's it's crazy, man. So impressive. But uh yeah, back uh switching back now. Connor, you you uh you yeah, just you turn it back. That's right. You released after you decided to to, you know, pursue pursue music. You released two albums on your own, uh, Detours oh and Fight or Flight. <laughs> oh, um, God. Don't worry. You erased most record of them. Don't worry. <laughs> you, <laughs> I could have if I wanted Dude, to. I can't get that Amazon. <laughs> I was about to say I could have bought one if I wanted to off of Amazon. Uh, and some oh. there was a lady that said she loves to play it at dinner parties. That literally is a comment Ooh. on there. Yeah, yeah. I think Nancy E. I want to say yes. was the name something like that. That might be my aunt. <laughs> that might be my aunt. <laughs> she said she, she said you had a killer voice, regardless if it, regardless if it was your aunt or not. She was a fan of your voice. You, so there you go. <laughs> but you know that was obviously is more categorized as singer songwriter. Was that? Totally, yeah. Was that more because you wanted to play at that time? That's what you like wanted to play, or was it more that that was the the sort of the easiest for you to play at the time? I think it was a combination of everything, and and also like I, like myself as well. Like I was a fan of Jack Johnson mm -hmm. and Dave Matthews, mm -hmm. and more of a Jack Johnson thing. And it was the same thing, like seeing someone that was able to literally record an entire album with an acoustic guitar and just his vocals yeah, and like peppering in little, little sounds here and there. Like I was like, wow, I can do that too. If I can just figure out how to make this computer mic sound good, which I never did. <laughs> oh. uh, but that, you know, but, the, but again, like Maxwell was saying, like that gave me the inspiration to feel like maybe I could do it myself. But, but to go back to what you said, yeah, when I started, I wanted to be in a rock band. Mm -hmm. so bad mm -hmm. like i wanted to like have that like crazy metal vocal and and i got my vocal which is this <laughs> a whole different like genre pretty much and i remember going to audition for this one rock band and mm -hmm. i was like trying to sing and like it was probably like i i imagine what it sounded like was someone attempting to sound like a 90s band like three doors down yes or or uh or who who else? Who would be like the Creed? Like Creed, you know, like that. Yeah, that, yeah, exactly. That's what I wanted it to sound like, and like, and it was probably not even close <laughs> to that. <laughs> and yeah, I just remember they did not call me back oh. after that audition. <laughs> So but had, Max will call me back, and that's all that matters. There you go. There you go. Well, on the other <laughs> side, uh, Maxwell, you released your first album, uh, I Don't Need the Money, which I feel is a, a little oh bit of a lie God. as a young musician, because I'd say you probably oh, did need I the money. I absolutely needed every <laughs> cent that I could get my hands on at the time. Yeah. But, you know what's funny is I, when I, I did that when I was working at this like recording studio and paying the cheapest one I've ever paid in my life. So maybe I didn't need as much money as I as I did, but <laughs> I, could I still I could have still used it. Yeah. Now was that along the same same lines as far as singer songwriter? Yeah, I think at that time I, I, all I wanted to be was like Jack Johnson or Dave Matthews, and I wanted to like kind of establish myself as someone like that, just in Indianapolis. You know, that yeah. Was, like, at the t at the time when I was doing that, I had no real 
like solidified ambition to move outside of Indiana. I, I'd always thought about it, but you know, I, Indiana and the Midwestern like vibe in general is kind of it, it can suck you in. So I was kind of just going through the motions a little bit and recording at this this little uh, um, recording studio that I was interning at, and they were like nice enough to let me record there for free. So I, I did that record and and just kind of like put it out. But um, yeah, I think every single artist whether you're you know singer songwriter or completely on the other end of the spectrum those first records that you do unless you're just a savant are just so cringe but they're cool to go back and listen to because they're so pure in the like they're unadulterated yeah like, you're, you're not jaded by anything at that point yeah. in your life and you're not trying to be anything other than like what you envision yourself as so yeah. It's it's interesting to go back. Are those still up on the internet? I don't even know. I've taken them down most places. Yeah, sure I I, th- I think I found one where I could actually play a song from it. I think there was one there. Wasn't MySpace Fantastic. sadly does not work anymore, which makes oh. me sad because I've gone on oh, a lot man. of artists MySpace and been like, oh, I'm gonna play. Oh, it doesn't work. It's just a tease. <laughs> oh. That's well, funny. well, what actually made you want to go to to LA? You know, man, like I, so, so funny because I've only had like a few moments of these in my life, but I literally was, you know, not to get too graphic, but I was sitting on the toilet in my apartment reading a book called The Alchemist. Mm -hmm. And Alchemist is all about obviously like finding your journey and like your fate and, you know, kind of making your way throughout the world, whether that takes you far or stays, you know, somewhere else. And, and I think it was just a moment of clarity of being like, you know what? All my family's here. Everything I've ever known is here. And if I really want to grow past that, you know, of what a Midwestern life can give me, I need to like leave now, like sooner rather than later. And so I remember I literally got up. I went to my parents' house because I wasn't living at home at the time. And, and I just went to my mom and I was like, I'm going to move. I don't know where yet. It's going to be soon. I'm figuring it out. And then I just kind of decided LA because LA was. I always associated with music. I had been yeah. there a couple times throughout my life because we have some family friends here, and it just made the most sense to me. And I was in my car like three weeks later driving out to L.A., so it was pretty quick. Wow. But um, it was just a moment of clarity, man. That's the best way I can describe it. What did your mom say when you said I'm moving to L.A.? I don't think she was too surprised. I mean, <laughs> I think she always found hey, whatever. me uh, going somewhere. Um, <laughs> my mom, I'm sure my mom was heartbroken, as any mom would be. But yeah. Um, yeah, she she was. I'm very fortunate to have very supportive parents like nice. throughout all my endeavors. They're just like, yeah, go do your thing, figure it out. So it's cool. <laughs> yeah, get it done. Do something. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, nice. yeah, man. <laughs> get out there. Well, well, so Connor, you you got a publishing deal. That's what ultimately brought you out to L.A. Yeah. Now, when you got that deal, did you think like you're gonna walk into L.A. sort of be the next big deal, like <laughs> publishing deal? Now I'm gonna rule this town. Uh, it's gonna happen. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. Yeah, this dude, this guy found me on uh, this guy, this is Patrick, dear friend of ours, and has pretty much done everything for me. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I got, I owe him the freaking world. But um, he found me on YouTube, just in like cold email meetings, like, hey, come out here. And they tried to put together this like boy band thing. And <laughs> next thing I know, that didn't happen. But his sister was like the head of this uh, publish, big co- publishing company out here mm-hmm. uh, at the time. And so 
she was like, well, maybe I can get you in some writing sessions. Have you ever written before for anyone else? And I was like, no. But Patrick's like, just say, like, you, you can totally do that. I'm like, yeah, I can totally do that. <laughs> so they throw me into some sessions. Next thing I know, I'm out in L.A. and they make an offer to sign me. And I'm like, holy crap, this is, like, going really fast. And, but yeah. like you said, like, in my mind, though, I was like, oh, bro, I'm about to be <laughs> the best writer ever. And, like, I get this. Like, the first song I wrote in L.A. gets this hold with John Legend and Christina Aguilera. Nice. And then I quickly realized that, like, that's the whole chase in the publishing game. It's like, you get these holds, mm -hmm. and then they just hold them. Yeah. And then that's it. And then the song dies somewhere in a on a C drive on someone's computer. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. But yeah, I came out here, and I'm, I'm really glad I did. And it ended up uh, leading to me meeting Maxwell and... And us starting this, this band, and I literally couldn't have asked for a better journey. Yeah. Well, you you guys, so you guys were doing sort of the whole singer-songwriter deal. You were at an open mic at the uh, mm -hmm. the Crave Cafe in Studio City, which which <laughs> I uh, up, I took a gander at the menu, because that's the thing I uh -huh. kind of do. And I got to say, I'm definitely getting the cookie dough brownie if I'm going Sweet. there. That's oh, happening. my God. Uh that, that yeah, looked, they had some good pastries there. Yeah, it looked pretty amazing on the dessert side. I was pretty excited. That's but, right. Maxwell used to order the French fries there, and then I would always yeah. steal them. From them. <laughs> I used to always get the French fries <laughs> on during the open mic because I'm I'm gluten free, so that was about the only thing I could eat there at the time. And I was like, I'll just take a plate of French fries, please. Well, I heard. I mean, it, uh, push a little bit forward there. I did hear uh, as you guys were touring there uh, as Moby Rich. I heard you guys would stop at at Whole Foods a lot. And get the hot oh, plate, yeah. which, oh, yeah. which I got to be honest, I'm a huge fan of. Yes! There was a time that, oh. for breakfast, oh man, get out of town. That's the best. That hot, it's that so hot cheap. bar, yeah. It's fair as like as far as like on the road, like need a good, healthy, like somewhat healthy meal, like mm -hmm. some yeah. sustenance just to put in your body. Like that has been the best thing, and you can usually get like a smoothie there, so you can get like some greens in your system. Mm -hmm. Yeah, both of both of us, like everybody that we toured with, it was just like, yeah, let's find as many whole foods as humanly <laughs> possible on this tour. <laughs> yeah, it pretty much makes like, all the difference. You can definitely so hop from like one city to another. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you can hit up that 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 garden, the the salad bar too, and I mean, talk about some oh, greens. Yeah. You can go honest, town there. We were more excited about we were more excited about the Whole Foods than the shows. Oh, this one looks like a huge one. This is like double the normal yeah, size. Yeah. It's gonna be amazing. <laughs> well, your your mutual friend Dylan, he was the guy that introduced you, and now you guys seem to automatically get along. Was it one of those things when you guys first met that you were like? I'm feeling something here. We we click. We vibe. I think yes so. No. I mean, I think the first, <laughs> interac the first interaction we had was a little bit more of like uh, male posturing towards each other. Yeah. You know, a little bit of yeah. like, I'm, I'm too cool. He's too cool. Mm -hmm. But I think oh, like, both, once both of us were like outside of that and just chilling, uh, we very quickly were like, oh man, you're goofy and I'm goofy. So this kind of works, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. The second we just started talking, it was like, oh yeah, this like this guy's gonna be my homie for sure nice now well now i heard connor you, did you suggest the idea of actually riding together were you the first as far as suggesting that yeah pretty much but only because like i was because i was doing the publishing thing yeah in the back of my mind like when i'm hearing like maxwell playing these other artists 
I'm not only am I looking at them as an artist, I'm like looking at them as a collaborator. Yeah. And like that's it's pretty it's pretty common in LA to do that. And so and and also at the time I didn't have any friends at all. Like I, I moved to LA, I didn't know anyone. Like mm-hmm. I was essentially homeless for the first like five days I moved here. So yeah. like and this was like, I don't know, within the first year of living here is when we met or when I first year of me moving here we met. Yeah. And uh and we were, I mean, honestly, I was just looking for a friend, but also I was so burnt out on writing for other artists because nothing seemed to like, seemed like it was coming to fruition. So I was like, hey man, you want to just like start a band for fun and just see what happens? Nice. And I was just playing it cool because like all I heard was like, hey, I got a publishing deal. And I was like, don't, don't ask <laughs> to write, don't ask to write or anything. Just wait till he asks you. You know, I'm like trying to be the cool girl, like, <laughs> cool. Play it cool. Go oh, out, yeah, whatever. Out, yeah, I hear. You. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice, huh? I can write. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool, man. Uh, <laughs> no, but it, like anything else, it happened. Like, I, I think one of the reasons that not only do we have so much fun in the band, but just like we get along is because everything's happened really naturally, like, you yeah, know, organically. And mm-hmm. We became good friends. And then the next step after we decide or like we kind of found out that, hey, like we write some cool stuff together. It just kind of flowed and everything has kind of developed around us. But uh, the most important thing to both of us, I think, is at the end of the day, like being cool with each other and like maintaining our relationship, you know, and because and yeah. without that, everything else kind of falls apart. Like the music's probably not as good unless you Fleetwood Mac it. Maybe, maybe <laughs> if we hate each other, it would it would it would uh, provide some new, interesting song concepts. So we should yeah. try that out at some point, but maybe not for a little while. Yeah, for these two years, we're gonna hate each other. Let's see how this works. Yeah. Exactly. Okay, let's go with yeah. it. Those are the those are the mobbers hate you. Yeah. <laughs> Good song. Yeah, yeah. I feel like a lot of the '70s bands sort of did that because you know the Eagles in the last couple of years were really on pins and needles too, and uh, you know, yeah, there were there were some of those, but uh, I think the yeah the good vibes definitely definitely work. Um, you, you, yeah, the blue jean committee, the blue jean jacket committee, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> an infamous uh, hate band. Yes, exactly. You, well, you, you guys, you guys. Well, you mentioned back to the the, the songwriting. Uh, I heard you mm-hmm. talking about it, and you said you know the first song you guys wrote it was sort of like a straightforward pop song. It was just sort of like, mm-hmm. and then you wrote just mine, which isn't mm-hmm. a straightforward pop song. And and I I heard honestly I forgot. (laughs) Well, I heard Connor, you sort of you know initiated that, and I was wondering, like, did you guys would you just look at each other and you're like, hey, let's get weird, or was like, how did how did it come up? Like, you know what? Instead of writing these like just straight ahead pop songs, let's get weird. I remember it specifically. It was like because I I remember parts of that night very very like clearly, and and I remember Connor playing the chord progression for Just Mine, and mm-hmm. the chord progression has a like a, a diminished C chord, which is an interesting chord to start yeah. off with off the bat, and then the pre has a walk up where you're walking up like half steps on the on the root note, and mm-hmm. that is like it's pretty common but like not super common in yeah. pop music or in, in like you know four chord type structure songs and so when i heard that i'll be honest i had never heard someone really like do chord structures like that and yeah. so it was very inspiring for me and i was like oh man what is this like where are we going with this <laughs> and then when that met the production side of things and we were able to make like you know o'connor was able to make because he was producing everything at that time and and when he was able to make like this really cool atmospheric 
vibe to it, it just kind of was like, man, this is like not anything that I've ever been a part of in, in a good way. Like, I love this. Like, let's do more of this type stuff. And I think it solidified for us that we didn't want to just write regular pop songs. Mm-hmm. And I'll also throw out there that, like, when we made this record, I was not a producer. I would not have called myself a producer. In fact, this is like the first track that I made that our buddy Patrick, the guy I was talking about earlier, who, who found me originally. Yeah. Like, that was the first time he had ever been like, I like this. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, we we're all like, what? I literally sent him the email and I was like, hey man, I hope you, I hope you hate this. Love you. Talk to you later. <laughs> and he emailed back and was like, this is amazing. I'm sending it over right now. I'm like, really? So it was, it was great. I would actually listen to this. Wow. Oh my God. What an endorsement. <laughs> oh, it's, it's crazy. That's what you yeah. want to hear from yeah. your, your A&R. You have no idea what that means to an artist from their management to be, oh. be like, oh, this is something that I would I'd play. You're like, oh, thank God. Sometimes uh, you get like the no response or, or the, oh, this is cool, guys. Yeah. <laughs> then you're just like, oh, man. This is when they're like, this isn't going to make the album, but but I like it. <laughs> yeah. I I definitely get it because it's, you know, it's sort of the response I get about my, my show. Oh, have you heard it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. I listened to it one time. I could, I could have it on yeah. the background. Yeah. Oh, okay. Wow. In the background. Nice. Well, Nancy, Nancy would play it at her dinner party. Yes. That is true. Yes. I, that's true. I got to go find Nancy and and friend her up. Let her know about my show. Uh, exactly. Well, I heard you guys on the the first uh, first second EP and our first EP. Uh, all the vocals were recorded on an iPhone 5 talking about that production. Um, oh, yeah. Now, yeah. Have, did you keep that going? Is that still going on vocals, or did you move on to other other uh, microphones? We've upgraded, uh, uh, fortunately. I mean, nice. you know, that was such an interesting time in our in our lives because, again, you know, none of, neither of us would have considered ourselves producers at the time. Mm-hmm. And out of sheer necessity we really were like let's just sing into the iphone because we know how to send a file from the iphone to a laptop like then you can put it in we can put it into fruity loops which is what connor was using yeah um there was a lot of drawbacks but there was a lot of cool things like you know not to like delve too much into it but like for instance with recording on the iphone we would sing the whole song through so you'd get like really full takes of songs whereas you know, a lot of times now you're just recording one chorus and like maybe copy and pasting it and just like going over a section a million times. Mm-hmm. So there was interesting like performance aspects of it that I kind of enjoyed um, that maybe are lost a little bit within like pop music right now. And, yeah. And it's, uh, it's rigidness sometimes, but um, I, I think there was a lot of drawbacks too in just terms of like uh, streaming um, workflow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was a big thing. It just took forever. Whereas, like, today we can record a song and have it, like, you can literally record multiple songs in a day with, like, great production, great sound. Whereas when we were working then, it, it would take at least two to three days. And that's after we wrote the song and we were living with it long enough to record it. So you're looking at, like, at least a week. Yeah. But we, you know, we had nothing but time back then. You know, it's like we, we weren't, like, a band releasing music. We were just two guys recording some songs under this hypothetical like maybe we'll put this out or for fun you know yeah so there was no pressure and so none of the aspects that you know we kind of deal with a little bit more now in terms of you know getting things done in a certain time frame and 
all that stuff wasn't around. So it was totally fine back then. Well, how, how many? It, it was also like a tool to like get people interested in us too, because like when we told people that, that like we quickly realized people were like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. And we're like, okay, maybe we need to keep doing this forever because <laughs> they're not going to love us anymore. So like there was like a, there was like a moment where we had to decide like, okay, are we doing this forever? <laughs> like, do, like I started collecting, I literally started collecting iPhone fives. Like I have four of them now. Nice. And I was like, I'm going to learn how to like turn this into a regular mic and be able to use it forever. And then we we're just like, dude, like, is this what we want to do for this? Yeah. Is not, this does not work fast enough. We don't have to be a gimmick. This is just, that was, no. yeah. How many, how many songs did you guys create? Before you actually like started putting songs out, probably like seventy or eighty. Wow, yeah, I'd say close to hundred. Yeah, easy. Wow, yeah. I we mean, we wrote for like we wrote for like three or four years before we started bringing them out. Man, were and I you think the reason I was gonna say the reason that we kind of did that is being like you know both of us having the histories of like doing the singer songwriter thing and not having really anything come to fruition in a way that we wanted it to. Yeah, we were like, man, let's like really take our time and stockpile a bunch of great songs and try to get like a team around us of people that you know know what they're doing actually. You know, because yeah. <laughs> yeah. we don't know what we're doing in terms <laughs> of putting out music and. And and we live in such a weird world now with playlisting and how much of your your like you know fan base and sometimes um, getting new listeners is dependent upon things like oh, that. Yeah. yeah. So uh, we we took a long time just kind of like getting everything in place, and we like to think that it paid off. You know, I mean, because we waited long enough to write some you know some of our best songs. You know, I think if it was up to us totally, we probably just would have put some stuff out like to, to go for it and yeah. maybe nothing would have happened you know so it's, it's cool the way it happened do you, it, yeah. did you start writing those before you actually had the the plan or was it always already a plan like we're we're in this now as a band i think i don't know i mean from, from my recollection it was you know we wrote just mine and a few others and then we sent those songs to this guy named Salvin who was working with our buddy patrick and Salvin's a a very very well-known like pop songwriter and yeah. he helped us not only with the songs but he helped us find uh a team and a plan to like how to put this out and how to you know get our image and and work on things that maybe we're not the naturally best at you know we, yeah. we're like yeah. songwriters we love to write songs i wouldn't say we're fashion you know we're, we're into fashion but we're not like the most fashion-driven people in the world. So yeah. it slowly developed over the course of like a year and two years into like a really full-fledged like, man, this is what we're doing. Um, nice. And we kind of stopped writing for anything else. And yeah. I quit my day job, you know, I stopped slinging pizzas at this day. And <laughs> that like, that was a big day. Yeah. <laughs> that probably felt good. That. that probably felt good to be yeah. able to do that. Oh, yeah, man. But I do miss that 50% discount. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that is that is a benefit. He's yes, he still loves eating there. He loves it. That that my favorite pizza there, man. I mean, that is a testament to CPK right there. I mean, that's exactly. It, I mean, sponsors. Yeah, I. Well, well, you listen to CPK. <laughs> <laughs> one of your one of your best songs, or or one of your most liked songs, uh, Yoko Ono, um, has been streamed 13 million times on Spotify by itself. Yes. And, yes. And I found it interesting, you know, because, you know, most people invoke Yoko in a negative sense of, you know, right. she broke up the Beatles. And, 
you right. guys used her like in, in a positive sense, like uh, 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 finding the other half, completing John. Um, what I, did that? I mean, did you have that idea in your head when you started that song, or was that something that sort of created over time when you were working on the song? That was day of because Connor right. came up with the line. Nice. Yeah, and literally, uh, he uh, Maxwell said uh, he said serotonin bulletproof or something. Yeah. And so we kind of worked backwards from there. We had that, and then we're like. Pretty much, we had this concept that we would say, uh, like, you're my this, you're my that, right? Like, we're going back and forth lyrically. Yeah. And um, so, we're just trying to figure out words that rhymed with bulletproof, oof. And we're like, and I was like, muse. And I was like, be my Yoko Ono muse. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I think it, it just can't, I, maybe it's just from what I was listening to at the time. I think maybe it was. Creating a, a yoga uh, instructor or something. I don't know what it was. <laughs> but my head was like in this whole like world of like peace and tranquility. And I and I just immediately thought of their relationship because we were talking about a relationship. And yeah. Obviously, being a musician, the Beatles are like massive fixture. Yeah. Uh, in, in the music world. And so, yeah, it just happened. Like Max said, it, it was just like it wasn't thought. It just kind of. Consciously came to fruition. Once we like heard it, and we kind of realized, like, oh man, like we could really base it around this this concept right here. That's when I think the song really started to like take shape. Nice. Um, but yeah, we wrote it in like a day. I mean, the production took a little longer, you know, getting all that stuff done. But, yeah. Um, yeah. It started. It started. Actual had a track that he sent over. And um, that's right. Yeah. And, and and we were just pretty much vibing on top of the track, and then it it just happened. It's crazy. Nice. But occasionally, like, we'll write songs. A lot of the time, you know, and I'm sure any songwriter will back this up. A lot of the times when you write songs, you really don't know if it's any good. Yeah. You know, you're, you're like, you're just going through the motions and you're writing a song and you're, you're talking about whatever you're talking about. But that, there's been a few days, at least in my in my reality, sitting in the room where I, like, we wrote the song and the chorus, of, we'll be singing the chorus. And I'm like, man, this is a really good song. Like, nice. Like, there is a like understandability, there's a relatability to it that I think is cool. And I remember that day just being like, yeah, this is a, this is a cool song. Whether this ever comes out or not, like this is an interesting take on it. So, Well, I, I ask that all the time to all the songwriters on the show is, you know, because I usually go to that most popular song of theirs and say, did you think this was going to be a good song? Uh, you know, I mean, so are you saying that you felt like it, you just connected with it and you're like, oh man, this is really good. Or did you think other people, did you think it was going to be a popular song? I just thought that it was a great song, whether, whether that like it would connect with as many people as it has. And, and so much of that is out of your control. Cause like the song really got a second breath of life when it got, you know, synced on a typical yeah. scene that was really important to the show. Yeah. And it really started to like kind of go bananas after that point. So I don't think that I necessarily was like, oh, this is going to happen like this, this, and this. I just really thought to myself, and, and I said it to Connor, I was like, this is a really good song. Nice. And it's, it's, it's a good day when you do that. You know, oh, sure. so many days with songwriters is like, 
is writing songs and walking out of the room and being like, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's always, it's like you said, it comes together. I've heard that so many times on the, the, the show from songwriters of, you know, all those days that you're laboring on a song, that you're going at a song for all day, and you're like, God, this isn't, uh, Jesus, this song won't end. It won't. But when that song mm-hmm. comes together real fast, it's usually a good sign. When it's, you know, yeah. when it's that one that flows out too fast for you to even write it down almost, that's the one that's going to be yeah. really, really good. Yes! You guys, you guys also, you did a little collabo uh, with uh, Grandson. Say what? fantastic ditty called uh, happy pill uh i got to do a little collabo with grandson it was called an interview it's pretty nice um, yeah yeah well, how did you like collaborating with him because he's a real nice guy well how was it music wise well first and foremost that's just like the homie we've yeah. known him for um for like five or six years we we yeah. met, i met jordan around the same time that i was meeting connor and nice. connor had already previously met him nice um and we were so, also at an open mic when we met him. Yeah. Nice. So we didn't even know that he had the Grandson project because he, he, like us, was kind of getting things ready for a while before yeah. he started releasing music. And then one day Connor showed me um, Bills, the video to Bills, which was one of his, like, I think it was his first song ever. Yeah. Yeah, I think and, he just um, put it out or something. And he showed me, he's like, that's, that's that Jordan guy. And I was like, no way, man. Like, that's crazy. I had yeah. no idea this dude even made music. I just always saw him at the, like, you know, tanks or whatever and so we started hanging out a bit more and then you know fast forward to way later i was like me and connor wrote happy pill yeah and that was one of those songs where we really didn't know if it was any good i thought it was actually pretty bad at the day we wrote it. I, was like, <laughs> I don't think was, i don't think this is the one that's gonna make it and i got into an uber with jordan yeah. And I remember being like, yeah, we wrote a really bad song today. Like, <laughs> it wasn't our best day. And then fast forward even later, I sent him the demo just being like, yo, this is like that song that I was telling you about. And he was like, bro, this is the hardest song you guys have ever written. Wait, what? Like, really? <laughs> I was like, that's kind of, that's kind of crazy. And um, fast forward even later, we were like thinking about putting Happy Go Out. And I was like, you think Jordan would be, you know, interested in, like featuring on the song or something and connor's like you should ask him and so i did he was like yeah maybe and then i just one day got a voice memo he was on tour and it was like the bridge it was like him singing over the song and it was like a voice memo just of of that bridge part yeah and i was like this is sick and um we got into the studio with him and his uh his collaborator kevin um, his producer Mm -hmm. who's also just the nicest guy and um I mean, it was, yeah, it was pretty natural. It was just like working with a friend, which is nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's definitely, definitely a nice guy. We uh, we got down a rabbit hole of talking about Bernie during our interview for like uh, 20 minutes of, of just straight feeling the burn. Sweet. We were just, we, yeah, we, yeah. We, uh, we got on on burn and just, man, I'll tell you, his, his political side, he goes hard on the political side. That's what... That's oh, what yeah. grandson's all about. That, yeah, it's he's he's got a passion for. It. He takes a lot of heat in the comment section too, and I don't think he really cares. But you know, he uh, oh, no. yeah. <laughs> he goes for it. Well, right before everything shut down for the pandemic, you guys played a festival there in Phoenix, and yep. it looked like you had an amazing time there. Was that the last sh- live show that you've done? Yeah, man. Uh, wait, no. 
Or did, did we do one in Orange County or was that before? That was before that. We did like a little oh, we did wow. a run. We went to San Diego to the show and then went to Arizona and did a show. Um, oh, that's right. Yeah, it was all in one. Yeah, and it was, uh, yeah, that was the last show. That was such a fun time. I mean, the lineup for that festival, M3F, shout out M3F. Yeah. They did a really great job of picking a, like a really diverse lineup. Um, and we, you know, we play right around the same time as like, um, <clears throat> Bon Iver headlined. Uh, who else played that day? Um, local natives yeah, sure, played. Sure. sure, sure. Yeah, so many great bands played that day on the same stage. So it was a real pleasure to like share the stage. Yeah, yeah, Son Holo played. He was crazy. So, um, yeah, it's been a long time since we played a show. Us and every other artist in the world right yeah. now. I mean, except if you're yeah. New Zealand. Well, like once you realize that, you know, the world was in for a bit of a long haul, uh, mm-hmm. how did you guys plan? Like, what did you, you know, do as a group? Like, after you realized, like, okay, this is gonna, what do we do? There was one point in the beginning where, like, I was, I was very scared in the beginning, and still I am, like, to, to a point, but, like, in the beginning, like, I didn't even want to see Maxwell. I was like, come on, bro, I am leaving. Yeah. I mean, I was like, he was like, look, man, obviously, you and I are safe, like, I think you and I can see each other. And this is the beginning when people are like, can we even like see one person? It's like, yeah. And obviously, uh, you know, I, I don't want to say that something's safe when it isn't, but we felt comfortable doing that, right? So, yeah. Um, but Maxwell's like, look, man, we're either going to let this, uh, allow this pandemic to essentially define us and ruin our career, or we can step up to the plate, start creating content way more, mm-hmm. like pivot over to doing more social media, focusing on that, and and continuing to write and finishing up making a, uh, a you know full length project. It's yeah, like, let's work on that. So that's what we did in, in the beginning, and and the timeline as far as like when things are going to you know quote start happening has been moving the whole time. Even to today, oh, yeah. it's still not. No one has a clue yeah. when the next show is going to be. Yeah. So it's just. Uh, all the focus has moved from shows more onto just the music itself and our relationship with the band. Nice. I think like each of us too had to individually like kind of adjust. I mean, as did everybody, but like you had to find those things that kept you sane that like maybe relied on other things. I think both of us relied heavily on traveling and, you know, those types of experiences to, you know, bring a, a sense of like breath into our lives, you know, and yeah. be like, Oh, we're going somewhere. We're seeing these things seeing new people, connecting with fans, like all those things really helped us like keep saying. And when that went away, you kind of had to go, all right, what am I going to do outside of my work now to keep my sanity? And, and it's different for every person, but um, it's been such a, such an interesting process for not only us, but you know, every single person on the, on the face of the planet with this. For sure. For sure. Well, I do have to say it makes me, it makes it a lot easier for me to schedule uh, interviews. It does make yeah. it, it does make it easier on that side. Like? You know, it's it's always it's always I, I love the the managers that are like, Oh no, they're really busy. I'm like, Okay, you're just lying. You could have just told me they're not interested, but it's fine. I know they're not doing anything. It's it's okay. Uh, well I, I saw you talking about traveling. You went to uh you went to Brazil a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Was that the first time you'd ever yeah, been to Brazil? Yeah, my girlfriend is originally from Brazil. She moved to America when she was about like uh, six or seven. Yeah. And uh, she's from this town called Aracaju, which is like the northern part of Brazil. Mm-hmm. Not the Amazon, but more north in like Sao Paulo and um, Rio de Janeiro. And um, 
it was uh yeah it was a, it's a beautiful beautiful country i mean i have nothing but amazing things to say about it uh it's and we didn't stay at like a hotel we just stayed with her family so we really got to experience it firsthand nice you know she's from there so i got to experience it firsthand she's very very <laughs> but um she's fairly experienced yes yes yeah she's fairly experienced but uh yeah and i uh i, I got a, a, a nice little case of poison ivy like two days before oh. i left so i got to travel back with with a a, a nice a Ugh. nice case of poison ivy that i finally got it taken care of but don't go into any brush in Brazil with do, with your shirt off. Is my only advice. Do you do you have oily skin? <laughs> uh, not anymore. But okay. I mean, does that make it does that make a difference if you have oily skin? Well, if you if you if you're a naturally oily person, the the actual chemical in poison ivy travels a lot faster, and it's a lot more like um, I have really dry skin. It's basically like elephant skin, so I can like roll around in poison <laughs> ivy and be fine. <laughs> There's no issue. So, yeah, it gets really bad for folks that have oily skin. So It was, just, it was tough for me, too, because, like, there's these monkeys that travel into the backyard every day. They're called nikus. They're, like, these little, cute little monkeys that will eat bananas out of your hand. Yeah. But they'll nibble, they'll nibble on your fingers. And so I got this <laughs> weird rash starting to come up, and I just let this monkey nibble on my fingers. So I'm going <laughs> to everybody I'm staying with going... What did you guys let me get? Like, what, what is, is this? Happening to me? <laughs> yeah, I was like, she was. I, I think I've seen that movie. Like, um, yeah. yeah. So. Oh, I definitely. Being the hypochondriac I am, I would be like, I'm dying. What is going on yeah. with my finger? Yeah, I'm dying. Uh, even though, even though you guys though haven't got to tour, you did have like great numbers for 2020. I mean, 22 million streams just on on Spotify, which is. That's, that's pretty nice. That's Thank cr- God for Netflix. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, straight up. That's that's crazy though. I mean, you know, when you when you started the project of Mob Rich, did you see like I mean, did you think it could be that? Did you have that aspiration? You said, "Yeah, this can happen." I think man, everybody does to a certain extent. Yeah. I think. Um you got to have and it. And then it actually and then it actually happening whatever extent it does is a different story you know and i think as you go along you get your first million plays and that's incredible and then now you've got a million plays so you're thinking okay how do we get 10 million yeah you know and you're you're the bar is constantly moving especially when you you know join a label roster then your peers are people who are putting up hundreds of millions and billions of streams and so you're it's easily it's easily distorted and sometimes you have to pick that back and go oh my god like our our music was literally streamed 22 million times this year. Like that's just an, almost like an unfathomable number sometimes yeah. to think about. So we're extremely grateful of the fact that we've got people that, that care enough about us and the music to, you know, listen to it that, that much. It's, it's incredible. Also, Nancy's dinner parties have been going on. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think... Man, Nancy goes hard. She she followed you. She followed Connor and was like, oh, "He's got a new band. Guys, I'm digging this we sound too. This is good." I don't think you understand either. Nancy is now going to be a forever inside joke to us. Like that will never go away. I can't. From, from I, Nancy, if you're listening, you're not a joke to us. Yeah, you no, you're an inspiration. And Nancy, yeah. if you're listening, please be as dedicated to my show as you are to Connor's <laughs> music. Please. Um, but like, I mean, you know, it is it is crazy, though, to think because like I was thinking of that when I looked at you uh, in Brazil there on Instagram and I was like, it's crazy. It's probably in Brazil. There's probably somebody jamming on a Mob Rich song 
just like down the road from him. It's like, you know, I mean, yeah. thousands of listens all across the country in all of these different countries. It's wild to think about. But you guys, you guys, like you said, you, you've had this idea uh, of uh, of switching to music, switching to the the you know full length project. So is this 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 is this a full album that you guys have on the docket? We are going to say explicitly whether we have a full album coming just yet. <laughs> okay. Okay. I think everyone has the goal though, you know, to eventually get there, and I think I think every band you know wants to do that. Yeah. I think for us, it's it's more so just. Um, finding the right time and the right grouping of songs and and packaging in a way for the fans that makes it worth it for them too so we're just like we're we've been working throughout this like you know this 2020 to really try to like hone in on you know our statement as a band so nice can't say anything explicitly but just know that we got some stuff in the works okay okay so for for 2021 we can plan on Things Sweet. we can plan yeah, on. Definitely, yeah, you can, yeah, definitely you can plan, plan on more music. Okay, okay, good. More, more and music. Originals, more originals. There we go. There we go. I like it. I like it. But eventually, sometime in the future, we're gonna make it to a full length album. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Nice. Okay. Well, we're gonna I, have cassettes and vinyls. Okay. You know, we're, we're we're gonna do it for real. I was about to say I'm gonna have to request a, a a vinyl. I'm gonna need you guys to put it out on vinyl because I put them all on the wall here in the studios. So I need a mob rich. Oh, you and me both. That'd be awesome. I need I need a I need a mob rich vinyl in my life. Me and Nancy need a vinyl. Get make <laughs> yeah. make it happen, you got two guys. Sales right there. <laughs> Well, Connor Maxwell, I want to thank you guys for taking the time to talk to us today. It has been a pleasure, guys. Uh, thank you for having us, man. It's been amazing. Awesome. If you're listening out there, go stream, stream everything and nothing. It's out now yes. on all the streaming platforms. Yes, Spotify, Apple, all of them. Uh, you can also check them out on their website, www.mobrichmusic.com, or follow them on Instagram, at mobrich. Right now, let's take a listen to Let's Get High right here on the Doc G Show. I'm sick and tired of Stay up. Stay up. And we are back here on the Doc G Show. Mob Rich. Give it up, man. Connor and Maxwell. That was a good time, man. I had a good time. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. They were nice people. Uh, uh, Whole Foods. Am I right? Am I right, Demarcus? You like great, to get down on guys. Whole Foods. Whole Foods is the place to be, man. Mm. You got to love it. Mm. Well, like I said in the interview, the breakfast, that's what I really get down on. Going there. Oh, yeah. It, it just, I mean... There, there was something about the one when I was in South Carolina too. The one there in in Columbia, there was something mm -hmm. about the smell in that particular one. It just oh, felt yeah. homey when I'd walk oh, yeah. in there. I was just like, oh, mm, just hang out with my fam here in right. Whole Foods. Just get some. A lot of beautiful some women that would come in there too. Girl, come on. You you and your beautiful women comments, Demarcus. Hey, always. Hey, always. You know. Here I am focused on the bacon and you're over there <laughs> looking looking at ladies. I'm like, oh my God, they just put out hey. more bacon. Go! Go! <laughs> Quick. People are gonna take it, man. Oh, anyways. 
Anyways, Great. man, shout out to Nancy too. Nancy, if Big you're shout listening, out Nancy. Shout out. just like Shannon, if you're listening, give us a comment. I don't know Absolutely. if you have an Instagram. Nancy's don't seem like the type that would have an Instagram, but you know what? Maybe you are. Maybe you're a Nancy with an awesome Instagram. Comment on our Instagram and be like, hey, this is Nancy E, and I sure as port Connor. You know? Give us one of those. <laughs> be great. Be great. great. But, but shout out to the fellows from Mob Rich. Thanks for coming on the show. Hopefully soon they can come down to Jacksonville, play some shows, and be back to normal, you know? You know? Oh, yeah. All right. All right, DeMarcus. You know what time it is. Hmm. It's that time, Doc. What time is it? Hmm. Let me get those shoes because it's shoe and tail, baby. Okay, I was a little worried there for a second. I'm gonna be honest. I thought uh, I thought on, I was doc. like, did it, did he forget? Did he forget? No, is Demarcus on drinking now. on the show again? Oh this is no! The, this this is the best part of the show. Oh, Can't don't say it. that. That the, now <laughs> if somebody comes in on this part, they're gonna be like, this part sucks, and this is the best part of the show. <laughs> oh no! What is the rest of the show about? Blam. Anyways, oh, I got one of my favorites. I got a repeat today, but I've got I got two pairs, so I gotta do a okay. repeat. You know, um, nice. I've got the infrared sixes. That is oh. right. Yeah. Nice. One of the best, one of the all-time favorites right here. These are hot, my friends. These, I think, I, I can't remember exactly, but these are definitely one of the first Jordans that, like, I realized existed, you know? Like, right, right. I remember these because these, he wore these in the uh, 91 finals against LA. And that was like, so true. That was like the first time that I really watched Jordan were those finals. That's a fact. I was too young to really get anything that was going on in those finals, but I watched them. I mean, I remember that specifically. And I remember being like, my God, look at those space shoes. That's right. I want some of those space shoes. Yeah. If I have those space shoes, I'll be able to dunk. Turns out I was wrong, but it's fine. You know, it's fine. I got sort of, sort of able to do it later on. Sort of, not like. Let's be honest. It was no Jordan Duncan, that's for sure. Nope. It was no, none of that. There's only one man that can do that. But these shoes are hot. Have you ever had a pair of sixes, Demarcus? Hmm. I never had a pair of sixes, but they some dope shoes though. For for Gosh, real. Gosh, man, they are. They're yeah. they're they're right up there. Is probably one of my favorite uh, favorite AJs up there. Now, as nice. the listeners know, I showed off at the number twenty three shoe in my collection, my favorite Ooh. Jordan of all time, which is the number six Carmines. Which came out again, as the listeners remember, just uh, two weekends ago, and I couldn't get my uh, hands on a pair of them. They sold out fast. Blam. Very upsetting. Yeah, it's very upsetting. It's all right. I still got my pairs of of infrared, so it's okay. It's okay. I can love these. These are the originals, too, with the Nike Air on the back. Not Not the Air Jordan emblem, but the true Nike Air. Oh, I just got a smell of that new shoe. Yeah. Oh, that's good stuff. Oh. Fresh. It is so fresh. Okay, there it is. There's the shoe for the week. Hope everybody nice. loves it. Um, Demarcus, last birthday suit. Are you ready? Let's do it. Now this one, I'm not so con- I'm not so confident. This one, I'm giving you fifty 
two percent. Oh, d- <laughs> yeah, yeah, a little bit over half, but it's not. I mean, I know you know comedians, but this guy's a little bit of a special niche in com- a comedian. So, hmm. anyways, born on February twenty fourth, nineteen sixty eight, in Saint Paul, Minnesota. Birthday suit wearer wasn't too interested in school, more interested in telling jokes. And right after high school, he went to Florida and started doing stand-up. Sweet. In 1996, he landed on uh, an appearance of The Late Show with David Letterman. Then in 1998, he started appearing on That 70s Show as the cook in the kitchen at their favorite restaurant, The Hub. Some of the best comedians like George Carlin, Dave Chappelle, said they were fans of his work. Time magazine called him the next Seinfeld. While he was extremely nervous, he also used to get... uh, Sorry. While he's extremely successful, he also would get extremely nervous. As a result, he wore sunglasses on stage and would usually keep his eyes down towards the ground. It also had him turn to drugs. Sadly, our birthday suit wearer used drugs and abused them. And on March 30th, 2005, our birthday suit wearer died from a drug overdose. But he is still known as one of the most influential comedians of his time. Name that birthday suit wearer. Oh, man. This is a... Definitely a, a a tough one, Doc. I need a first hint. name starts with an M, last name starts with an H. Hmm. Ah, you got Let's me. see if this rings I, it. Mitch Hedberg. Have you ever heard of Mitch Hedberg? I've never heard of Mitch. <laughs> oh man, I wish actually, I wish I would have known it was his birthday today. I would have wore my sh- a shirt with Mitch Hedberg on it. I've got a Mitch Hedberg shirt, but I do not have it on me right now. Funny enough. Uh, one of our uh, one of our former guests, John Craigie, the uh, the singer. A lot of folks have likened him to Mitch Hedberg. That's right. Uh, in his live shows, he tells jokes during uh, some of his songs, and people have said they are reminded of Mitch Hedberg. So there you go. That's a fact. Um, Mitch Hedberg was extremely, like I said, he was very influential. And I mean, come on. If George Carlin and Dave Chappelle say you're awesome, right, you gotta be right. pretty awesome. Like you're you're guy. Yeah, you're not you're not gonna get their endorsement if you're not funny. That's I mean, come right. on, that's not gonna happen. You know, happy birthday to Mitch. He would have been uh, let's see, 53 today. Would have turned 53, man. Uh, died way too hey, soon. Big shout out. Yeah, way too soon, man. At the age of 37, man. I Dang. love Mitch though. I was a huge fan. I was, uh, I was that insane person walking around my senior year in high school, listening to his stand-up CD, being like, <laughs> "Those are some good jokes. Those are some good jokes, man. <laughs> he is good. Man. He is good, man." Uh, Demarcus, we got some great shows Bobby coming Gata. up. We got some oh, great yeah. shows. Tell me about them. We got Younger Hunger coming on the show next week. These guys, these are some young bucks. These are some young bucks. Right. These guys are all like 23, 24, 25. Youngsters. Right, right. Youngsters in the game. But, man, they're making Young some good thriving. tunes. They are. And guess what they love? They love something what that you love? love. They love oh, yeah? 
Nintendo 64. That's right. Oh, that's yeah. That's right. They're big fans in that, you know. Now, they're a little bit, they're not as big fans as you'd think because every single article that talks about them, they bring up uh, Nintendo 64. But I asked them and they were like, uh, yeah, we said that one time and it's just sort of gone along with us. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> but they do love it. They definitely do play it, you know. Right, the, Sma right. the Smash Bros, the Mario Kart, the James nice. Bond, you know, the Golden all the classics. Yeah, all the real deal stuff, you know? Yeah. But we've got them next week. After that, we've got none other than Bumpin' Ugly's fantastic longtime reggae ska band out of Maryland. Sweet. We've also got the Irie coming on from Arizona. Yes. Very excited about those guys. It's going to be some great shows coming up, Demarcus. I am nice. excited. But... <laughs> For now, we have wasted enough time. We have wasted sufficient time, DeMarcus, so we can wrap up the show. That's a fact. We have done right. the purpose of this show. We have wasted an hour and a half to two hours. We did it. We, we did it. We did it for all y'all. That's right. All y'all. That's right. We did it for <laughs> you. We did it for us. And we feel better right, about right. it now. So until Absolutely. next week, I have been your host, Doc G. With me, DeMarcus Heller. Give it to him, D. Say what? Big shout out, y'all. Be easy. Your boy mm. will be back. Mm, he Thanks will be for listening. He will be. Yes, yes. And until next week, zip it up and zip it out. Zip it out. Mm.